Hi, this is Stephanie Fowler. And this is Tony Russo. And you're listening to another episode of So What's Your Story? A podcast in which we talk to authors and writers about their writing, the stories behind the story, the writing process, and any other sort of miscellaneous writing stuff that we want to talk about. Today on the podcast, we have author Tim Lenahan. His new historical novel, Hannah Gold, is set in 1942 war-torn Poland and follows a young protagonist, Hannah Gold, as she becomes involved with Jewish partisans during World War II. Tim invested years of research into this book, and he is here to chat with us today about his work. So welcome to the podcast, Tim. Well, thank you, Stephanie. As I'm delighted to have you here. When I saw the cover of the book, I was immediately drawn to the, the book, and I said, oh, I've got to have you on the podcast. Because I think it's, you know, for young women to have a book where, you know, the protagonist is you know, a 15-year-old girl who's gone through this terrible you know, having her family, you know, murdered and, and what she's gone through. And I just wanted to kind of, I wanted to bring you on the podcast, but I also want to talk a little bit about your sort of inspiration for Hannah Gold's and, and how this book kind of started coming together for you. Right. Um, I've been involved, my, my wife is Jewish, and um, I wanted, I, I know a, a large number of um, Holocaust survivors, uh, and they're dying off. We have issues today of uh, anti-Semitism coming back up, not just in Germany and in Europe itself, but also in this country. Um, So I've got some concerns about that. So one reason why I wanted to do the book was that, uh, you know, to counter uh, Holocaust deniers and so so on and so forth. Also, um, you can read a history book but uh, it's all uh, names, places, dates, and so forth, but you're not really there. Um, I use a little um, uh, notation when I sign books. History comes alive through the stories of those who lived it. So it's one thing to read a history book. It's another thing to be in the head of that person out there, seeing what they've really experienced and so forth. So I wanted to capture, um, try and capture the truth uh, and get that into a story to get particularly kids. So this is actually a young adult historical fiction, uh, but I would call it mature teen to adult. Okay. The, the, the content is really adult content. I think yeah. they call it new adult now. That's the, that's yes. they call yeah. it new adult fiction. Yeah. And there are a number of books out uh, that are young adult. Uh, Hunger Games, for example, the yeah. trilogy was, was young adult, believe it or not, but probably more adults read that than, <laughs> yeah. right, than kids. Um, and s- similarly, I wanted to get that kind of um, effect and so forth. Um, I wanted it to be accurate. Uh, if you have a, an historian reading your um, historical novel, uh, things will—they'll know if you're if you're lying, lying, cheating, uh, you know, whatever. Whatever. It's important to have things located in the right time and the right the place. right time frame and so on and so forth. Right. One of my friends is a, um, a Paula. Uh, I rode the trains um, between Krakow and Warsaw with her her and her sister. So they're both Polish-Jewish Holocaust survivors. Wow. So I'm riding between Krakow and, and um, Warsaw, all right? What, what camp is near Krakow? Auschwitz, Birkenau. What camp is near 
Warsaw, Treblinka. Paul is pointing out stuff to me as we're riding the same train lines that they were taking uh, people to the camps. Wow. So it, it, it just changes you when you see that. So not just dreaming up a story, I'm trying to find out what does it really feel like here? Not just look like, but also feel like. And it was pretty scary uh, in, some, in some cases. You know, we're, we're standing on a platform, I'm standing with a bunch of Jewish people on a platform, and the police, the, the, um, the Polish police, are all dressed in black. Right. Like SWAT team, right? Yeah, yeah, they, they, and they we're look like... Uh, we're on the platform with our suitcases, ready to go from Warsaw to Krakow because we were changing hotels. Right. I'm not even Jewish. My, my wife is Jewish. I'm not. Right? right. And I could feel what it must have felt like standing on that train platform. Yeah. And this is the same train platform that they were using in, 40s, in the 40s. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, when you find those moments of real tension, you know, I think there's that Robert Frost quote that's something to the effect of, like, no tears in the writer, no tears in the reader. And I, so I think you right. have to have those moments where, right. as a writer, you experience that tension yeah. because how can you portray it? How can you sure. write it if you don't feel it if you yourself? you feel it, right. There's a lot of me in Hannah actually if you want to look well, I actually I wanted to get get into that a little bit so you know that you want to kind of tell this story but you have to you have to find a starting point so how do you begin to kind of suss out what the points of view and what the character is going to be like like how did you choose mm. Hannah over I don't know Nikolai let's say yeah um well, my, my previous novel was Civil War, uh, and it's a young, a young boy, a 13-year-old drummer boy called Drums of Courage is the, is the book. So I wanted a female hero, mm -hmm. right? I wanted a Jewish female hero. If you look at the amount of research done on the Holocaust, so it's massive. If you narrow it down to partisans, now it's a very small segment. If you narrow it down even further, Jewish partisans, teenage partisans, teenage female Jewish partisans. Right. Almost nothing in there. So I had to really dig for this information. And what I found was, when I, when I, when I found the right book, I knew that's what I wanted. And that's that. So okay. Let me explain looking, what happened. Were you looking happened. for the girl or were you... Well, I wanted, a, I wanted a Jewish you? girl. Uh-huh. Okay. Because everything I said previously was about, you know, right. anti-Semitism and so on and so, on and so forth. And, and I know the survivors, et cetera. Uh, so I knew what I wanted, but I didn't know what I wanted her to do. There's so much literature written about um, hiding, you know, uh, righteous uh, uh, Gentiles hiding Jews in the, in the basement and stuff like that. There's so much written on that and, and Frank type stuff. Right. I wanted... I wanted um, who were the people that fought back, tried to fight back? Not that the, those going to, to, the, to their deaths in the camps weren't courageous. They were in a different way. But I wanted to focus on that real narrow bit and let people know there were people, there were Jews out there that got out, that got into the forest, and they were doing things to the German army they were a thorn in the side of the German army, okay? So um, 
I was researching in uh, Gratz College at the time. Uh, so originally, I, I was in um, north of Philadelphia. So I'm going down to the Holocaust Memorial Museum about three hours to get down to Washington, right? And I'm mm -hmm. doing the research there. So one day, one of the research uh, librarian people said, well, we get most of our good stuff from Gratz College in Philadelphia. So I'm 25 minutes from Gratz College. So I right. started going to Gratz College, right, rather than run all the way down to Washington, D.C. And I did get materials from down there. Anyway, I found a gigantic volume one day, and in the footnotes I found a reference to a book, Lata Volki. Lata Volki, uh, in, in Polish, it means years of struggle. It was written by a woman by the name of Stanislava Savinska. Stanislava Savinska was a Gentile, Polish communist now. She gets out. Hitler invades um, September 1, 1939. Hitler invades. They defeat the Polish army in four to six weeks. They form a line uh, around Warsaw, north to south. The Russians come over, and, and, he, and Hitler makes a pact, a non-aggression pact with Stalin. Okay, that exposes 1.1 million Jews to Nazi terror on the western side of that army line, okay? And then the east side is Russia, and they're pretty good to the Jewish people over there, mm -hmm. okay? So Stanislav Savinska gets out. She gets to safety. She doesn't like what the um, Germans are doing to her home, home country, Poland. She comes back. So now Warsaw is now occupied by the, by the German uh, army, right? So you have SS, Gestapo, everybody's in there. She comes back to Warsaw, sets up shop more or less across the street from the SS Gestapo headquarters, and she's coordinating the partisan attacks on the German trains in Belarusia. So Belarusia sits just east of Poland, hmm. between Russia and Poland. She writes in her, so she survives the war, okay? Um, she writes her book, Lata Volki. In, in Lata Volki, she talks about two teenage girls. Aha, I've got it. So Jewi now you have Hannah Gold. Jewish teenage girls. This is going to be Hannah, okay? Um, she writes in pretty much in detail about what they do. Um, they're, they're heroines. I mean, courageous beyond belief. She's courageous beyond belief. Uh, her code name is Barbara. That's her real code name. Um, so I, I get pretty deeply into what those two girls did, right? And I'm thinking, well, I'm not, I can't use one or the other and make that Hannah, right? right? Uh, and then in the meantime, I had another contact at Gratz College. They said, well, have you interviewed Sam McIver? So he was a 19-year-old uh, Jewish partisan, Polish, and I interviewed him face-to-face -face in Gratz College, Philadelphia, and they were blowing up the German transport trains who were taking um, men, equipment, ammunition, and so forth to the Russian front. All right, so they were a thorn in the side of the Germans. Right. I got my three people now. Right. All right? So I've got the two girls that... Stanislava Savinska wrote about Zosha and Wanda. Zosha turns out um, to be probably an orphan. She gets, um, she gets captured. The Gestapo um, takes her down to the Paviak prison in Warsaw, 
torches her, torches her, um, tortures her down in the dungeons of the Paviak prison. She doesn't know anything. She's brand new. Right. She, they're, they're trying to find out where the partisan groups located in the forest and so forth. Can't get any. They let her go. She gets back to Stanislavsovinska, Barbara, the real, the spy, right. the, the coordinator, and she trains her and she gets her out into the forest. She becomes hunted by the Gestapo. She's so good of a of a partisan leader. And now, how do you decide what you're gonna keep? as fiction and what you're because if this story is already out there so making that transition between okay this is what happened and now how do you kind of mold that into your own narrative how to like mm-hmm. you bring your own kind right. of sensibilities to those stories well i'm looking at all the activities of those three people mm-hmm. so samuel mcaver blew up trains hannah's blowing up trains how do they do it well they got artillery shells which are full of gunpowder they got the powder out this mm-hmm. was early on, right? And they would put them under the rails. So Hannah is out in an operation blowing up trains the way that um, Sam McAver did, right? Um, Sam passed away af- after I interviewed him. Then right. some years later, he passed away. But I was fortunate enough to catch him, you know, and, and get that firsthand information. So I've got a lot of ammo in terms of um, what they did. Now I've got to build the story. Right. Okay, so um, again, I get the Jewish girl. So she's a very innocent girl in Warsaw, right? Um, Jewish family. The father is an engineer. Um, I'm an engineer. <laughs> right, what you know. Right. <laughs> right, what you know. Okay. Um, I've been to Warsaw. I've been to Krakow. I've been, I know something about the area. I know survivors. I know what it was like and so forth. So... Um, She's not, she's not going to be, she's not going to just run away from home and be a, a killer in the forest, right? She's going to have to be an orphan to be successful out there. Also, how is she going to survive? If you look at uh, many of the Jews that, that escaped to the forests in Belarusia were from the big cities, right? That's where they were. That whole culture sat there for hundreds of years from the Middle Ages, prior to the Middle Ages. There were pogroms and so Russian pogroms attacking them, lots of anti-Semitism in that area and so forth. Well, where did they live? Warsaw, huge city, right? What did they do for a living? Were they farmers? No. Educators, business people, right? And so forth. Probably never been in a forest. How are you gonna survive? Sub-zero temperatures, in the winter, um, 42, winter of 42 was snow up to your waist in the forest, right? Couldn't, they couldn't hack it, right? They didn't know anything about it, couldn't hack it. So Seymour, her father, I've got to get her trained somehow, right? I've got to get her used to the forest. So Seymour takes her out on nature things, na- nature uh, tr- walks or, or camping, right? When she's a little bit younger, and they're looking at the bugs and the leaves and the, the plants, and so she can figure out how you know how can you survive? You can eat you can eat this mushroom, but not that mushroom. And so yeah. these these so excursions I, so are there pre-war excursions? Pre-war excursions. Yeah. So she knows something about the forest, which is different than where she's grew, growing up right. in the city in Warsaw, right? Yeah, and I think that comes out like in chapter two, where yeah. they're going out to 
bury the suitcase and she's mm-hmm. you know remembering you know the bend in the right. curve and the trees right. and looking at and you and she mentions the stars and the moon and so right and but also in that he same teaches things, her how to navigate yeah and there's also where's the, the north star yeah she exactly. knows to look for it yeah, and then there was yeah. also the reference to how cold it was on her hands, and I was like, "Well, right. I could see, I could kind of sense you at that point, kind of setting us up for how cold it was going to be for her to be exactly. surviving in the woods, and for exactly the the, the nature knowledge was going to come into play. So I kind of felt like you were kind of setting us up, kind of early on for, right. for how it. that was going to kind of right. come together. Right. Yeah. So that's not nothing about Wanda or Zosha or Samuel. Yeah, I that's just that connecting the dots. Because I know I've got to get her out into Belarusian forest, right. which is dense forest, miserably, uh, miserably cold in the winter, miserably hot and humid in the summer. Mosquitoes. The Germans wouldn't even go in there. It was so lousy. Hmm. They had to get some of their henchmen to go in there, right? And, and they, did, they used major actions, actions, A-K-T-I-O-N-S, uh, what I, we can talk about that later. Uh, actually, may, if I can perhaps. interrupt for just a second, sure. let's talk about your first book. Like, how did you decide that you wanted to start writing historical fictions? Like, what got um, you going in that direction? Yeah, I mean, I have sh- uh, short stories. Just make them up out of my head, you know. But I find that um, I find that uh, truth is stranger than fiction. If you look at it that way, history, what what real people really did is far more interesting than stuff that you can make up. Mm-hmm. It's more plausible. You, the reader can identify with it better because they're real people. You have to build flaws in here. Itzhak, you haven't gotten to Itzhak yet, but Itzhak is a is is basically their the Jewish commander. And she's not sure about his intentions, and there's a whole bunch of stuff going on there. Sure, sure. Right, so there's the male-female thing going on. There's lots of stuff going on in the, in the book. Um, but why uh, do you but, write? But he, but he has a flaw. So you, you've got to—I put flaws into each character, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't, the character isn't a real person. Right, you've got to have something, right. some dynamic right. component. And hero, heroes in the war, heroes in any, any walk of life, are not all perfect. Right. They're not all good guys. You know? it's, not, it's not good and bad. They've got bad traits and good traits. What do they do with it? Right. Where's their conscience lie? And how do they make decisions mm-hmm. when they're faced with certain things? Right? So that's why I like, I like war. Not not that I like war, but I like war as a backdrop because I think it brings out the best and the worst in people. Right. You strip strip away all that regular living stuff, Mm -hmm. and now you're down to the core fiber. Right. And and when they're making decisions, they're making life and death decisions. Right. And I think it's interesting that you've sort of approached war in a sort of young adult fiction Mm-hmm. kind of way because war whether it be the civil war and what we you know what we know about that or sure. world war Two, um you know those are very intense they're very heavy topics but mm-hmm. to then turn around and say okay i'm gonna break this down in a historical fiction way but aim it for a younger audience mm-hmm. could you talk a little bit about the thought processes instead of just saying i'm just gonna write a historical fiction novel but the choice to say I'm going to sort of gear this towards a younger audience. Sure. Yeah, the reader's going to, they're going to key on 
the main character, obviously, right? Sure. So if, you're, if your target audience is uh, teenage girls, right, you probably want a teenage girl hero, right, in there to key on, right? She's not going to be perfect. You can't make her perfect because it's mm -hmm. not going to be believable, right? Um, so writing young adult is a little bit different. I'm a graduate of the Institute of Children's Literature. So I started writing in 1985. I, I'm an engineer and, and, a, and an IT guy, and I'm writing technical uh, reports and uh, highly charged political uh, memos for my boss to send to somebody else. And, right. uh, so I know I can write, but I don't know how to, I don't know what I'm going to do with fiction. How am I going to write fiction? Right. I better get some training here, okay? Right. So, you know, so I, I always had a feeling I could write, but, you know, I, my SAT scores were slightly higher in math than they were in English, so they said, well, why don't you be an engineer? Right. <laughs> right. So, okay, I'll be an engineer. So I'm, I was an engineer and an IT guy, and, you know, and manage, you know, project management and all that good stuff. Uh, but I still had that feeling in my gut. I think I can write fiction. Right. Right. And I don't write any nonfiction now. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I got the training and I worked with real published, multi-published authors were my trainers at the Institute of Children's Literature in uh, Stanford, Connecticut. So I got some good training. I took their graduate program, and Drums of Courage, my first young adult historical fiction novel, was the project from Institute of Children's Literature. Right. And so... And they didn't help me get it published either. I had to find a publisher. Sure. I had to do the whole tough oh, yeah. work. And that was actually going to be my next question. So so did they talk about how to get that done in there, or were you just on your own? Like, how did you go about getting that first book published? They were um, they were really good. Um, and it's that organization has evolved, because in 1985 was a you know, long time ago. Right. Uh, and, it's, <laughs> and it's evolved. And then with the Internet coming in, it, the whole industry changed on me. And it's a big mess there now. used to be stamps involved <laughs> used, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there used to be kind of rules and now there's like chaos right but that's just my opinion um i'm sorry your question was i, I was what, how did you end up getting it published what was what was the um, process they have um they they put out a directory only to graduates so you can't buy it, but I can buy it. You know, it's X amount, inches thick. Mm -hmm. And every year they redo it, and the publishers are coming on and going on, going out of business, and new ones are coming in all the time. Um, I actually found my publisher in their directory. And you just keep sending out letters and sending out letters and sending, you know, and then all of a sudden, bingo, one day, one hits. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, and so did you have to pitch this second book, or was this part of a... That, that publisher went out of business, ah. okay? So what I had to do then was when CreateSpace was just getting going, Am Amazon's back office, publishing back office, mm -hmm. most people don't know this. I'm giving you insider information here. Sure. Um, they were just getting going. They didn't know what they were doing, in my opinion. They were terrible. This isn't going to Amazon, is it? <laughs> anyway. Um, they don't care. They probably <laughs> no. really don't care. Amazon so, doesn't have to care. So yeah. um, 
I'm out. The publisher gives me my contract back, so mm -hmm. I'm free to. So I republish myself, right? So I so I basically did a um, you know independent publishing myself through Amazon, mm -hmm. and I put the book back out, new cover, and so on and so forth. Same text exactly, right. but new cover. Sure. Right. Uh, so I got the experience of self-publishing by mistake. You know, sure. I had no no other choice, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I published publisher, republished myself, and then another publisher. Where did I where did I find the publisher? I finished Anna Gould. Well, let me let me back up. The third chapter is the big death scene. Yes. Okay, that was originally the first chapter. Oof. Okay, I wrote. I wrote that chapter on a plane from Pennsylvania heading for Fort Lauderdale on the plane in 2003. Wow. The book was published a couple months ago. Hmm. Sometimes the book takes a while. Sometimes yeah. it has to germinate for a little okay. while. So that's when I started. Yeah. The writing was started in that, around that time, 2002, sure. 2003. I was starting to write it. Okay. Um, I finished the book. Um, and, and started looking for a publisher who was sitting on the shelf for three and a half years. Wow. So people say, oh, I'll write a book. I'll just send it to somebody and they'll, and they'll publish it. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't no. work that way. No. <laughs> Sorry. No, it doesn't work that way at all. You know, and everybody I meet, when they meet me, they oh, yeah, I always wanted to write a book. So my response is, well, why don't you? Yeah. You're going to find out what that's yeah. like. No, yeah. it's, it's, there was a, Margaret it's Atwood one time used to tell the story about she was at a cocktail party and she, someone said, what do you, you know, she was talking about writing a book and this person said, oh, when I retire, I'm going to write a book. And she's like, well, when I retire, I'll do brain surgery. Right. You know, it's basically yeah. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, go ahead yeah. knock yourself yeah. out with that. Knock yourself out. Yeah. Right. This is so easy. Yeah. Right? All right. And as we're kind of pulling up toward the station here, I do want to uh, ask about how, like how you because one of the other things that people don't know about publishing is like yeah they'll if you when you're traditionally published they'll they'll publish your book but you're going to have to do a lot of legwork if you want to get it into people's hands they'll do some depending upon the size of the publisher but sure. most of it's on you so right. how did you, when you found that out what did you do how did you go about getting ready to get your book out there and get people to know about it right well the mis the mistake i made originally was i depended on the publisher and nothing happened so it was really slow trying to get that book going, you know, uh, only on my own, book signings, bookstores, and so on and so forth. Um, with this book, I knew a lot more. Uh, I had gone through the, the traditional publishing, the, uh, you know, self-publishing, traditional again. Um, fortunately for me, um, I got my daughter involved. Um, she's now my marketing director. Nice. Um, she worked in um, corporate in that kind of a role. She's really good. She redesigned and blew out my old website, created a whole new website, um, far better than the old one. Uh, uh, revamped my Facebook page. My, uh, my business Facebook page, timlinahanbooks.com is the website. Uh, Facebook is Facebook, sure. Tim Linehan Books, <laughs> right. obviously. The publisher does some work. Uh, Black Rose Writings been a good publisher. They're in um, book festivals and stuff. I was in Brooklyn uh, in the summer with them at their booth and so forth. Um, also, they will help 
uh, if I if I have events posted, they will they will also send that information out. That's cool. We we have a whole listing of events. Uh, if I'm doing a signing, I'll have I'll have a, a, a stand up sign with me. It has all the events where I'm going to be, where I'm going to be signing and so mm -hmm. forth. Um, any of the events, like I, I just did the talk at the uh, AAUW, the University Women's Organization. Uh, I've been in all the libraries. Uh, I'm in five libraries in my area. So they tell you, the publisher says, do all, all the stuff that I'm saying. We were with my daughter and my wife as the uh, marketing manager. Right. Um, we were already doing everything they told me to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of legwork that does fall to the author. Yeah, and if you don't do that, you're dead in the water. Yeah, no one's going to buy yeah. Awesome. Well, Stephanie, now is the part of the show where you thank the guest. Well, thank you so much, Tim, for <laughs> being on the podcast. Thank you, Stephanie. On iTunes, Radio Public, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, take a second and give us a great review. Tell your story.